The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, Make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age. And you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right. On today's show, to help us recap the Vikings' overtime win over the Panthers today, a thrilling victory is Trevor Squire from Heavy.com. He covers the Vikings for Heavy. He's been on the show in the past. So welcome back to the show, Trevor. Yeah, thanks for having me, Adam. No problem. All right, just uh, before we get into some more details, just what 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 did you, what were some of your main takeaways from today's game? What did you, How did you feel after today's game? I mean, I had a lot of the same feelings that I had when we played the Lions. But on the flip side, this was a game that the Vikings dominated Mm -hmm. and they deserved to win. Mm -hmm. And they followed through on that versus the Lions win was a game that we absolutely had no business winning, (laughs) how how down we played Mm -hmm. our competition. So, you know, I think that was definitely like one of the biggest positives I've seen from them today. Yeah. And they were on the road. Panthers are not terrible, even though Sam Darnold tried to make it that way. Um but they have a really good defense, and the Vikings put up uh, what around like I saw some what, around like six hundred total yards. I feel like uh, it's five hundred seventy one. It's like yeah. the third most in franchise history against uh, a Panthers defense that I believe going into the game was number one, either number one or or at least their past defense was number one, and, and they were I know they're at least top ten, mm-hmm. so they're not terrible, and and Kirk Cousins supposedly against this number one pass defense pass for over 370 yards three touchdowns um so they played really well they just made some some dumb decisions some committed way too many penalties um but since this we usually go over positives and negatives during the recap and since they won we will go over the positives first and i'll just start off with uh an easy one and and go with Kirk Cousins. Like I mentioned, he passed for over 370 yards. He put, you could argue that he had two game-winning drives um, because the first one, Greg Joseph, failed to, to hit the kick. That's another story we can get to later. Uh, Kirk Cousins had three touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a key run, I feel like, in uh, in the, was it the, the drive before regulation where he ran about 16 yards to get out of bounds? I think that was the one, the Greg Joseph drive. 
where he shed that uh that one that one pass rusher, right? Yeah, and he he uh, scrambled like sixteen yards and got out of bounds. Um, but then in overtime, you know, he had that great throw to KJ Osborne in the corner. Like he put it where only he could get the ball. You hear that all the time. Like he put it where he could only get the ball, but he really did that. Um, it was a great throw, great you know effort after the catch, and you know Kirk Cousins. He had those those off weeks against the Browns and, and the Lions. I don't know what was going on. If somebody was maybe in his head or in the offensive playbook, maybe if they shouldn't have been. Um, and this week, it kind of looks like they kind of let went back to how they were against the Seahawks and against the Cardinals, kind of just letting Kirk, you know, chuck it to Justin Jefferson and, and Adam Thielen. And uh, what do you know? They won. So that's that's my first positive from from today. Did you have did you have any uh, specific positives from today's game? I mean, I think this kind of goes hand in hand with Kirk's play was just how well the offensive line held up today, especially against like, you know, one of the league's best pass rushes. So I think that was that was kind of the crux that, you know, how, why he did so poorly against the Browns was just the pressure he was facing. Yeah. And, you know, the. The Panthers, like they blitzed and the line held up. Christian Derrissaw, he mm-hmm. had a start. Seemed like he played pretty well. It seems like that that group uh, is definitely coming back after a couple of uh, down games. And yeah, I think that was just as like instrumental to to Kirk having a good game as well. Yeah, I think I saw somewhere today that Kirk only had pressure on maybe like nine percent uh, of his dropbacks, um, which is crazy oh, compared wow. to like what you've seen in the past. And then I saw that he didn't have any pressures on any of his six dropbacks in overtime. So, and this is again, once again, this is against the Panthers defense. That's not, you know, they're not terrible. They're not, um, you know, they're not the, the 2017 Vikings or whatever, I guess. Um, but, and they blitz a lot. They, I think they blitz like they're one of the most uh, blitz heavy teams in the league over 35%, I think. Um, so yeah, they're top, Sacks. Yeah, we're we're in that top three too, and then you know, it kind of it worked out well for us because you know holding them to to zero sacks, and then we got four today. I think we kind of catapulted ourselves to the top of the NFL. And Cousins was getting the ball out quick too. He wasn't hold, like against the Lions. I feel like, and maybe against sometimes against the Browns, he was kind of just holding on to the ball, afraid to take some shots. And and today, you know, his completion percentage maybe wasn't in the seventies. I think it was like sixty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still took some shots. He chucked uh chucked the ball up in the air for like Justin Jefferson to get it. He had that, you know, really precise throw to Adam Thielen for the touchdown on the sideline. Like, you know, that could have been picked off easily. Um, but he he took the chance on that. And that's that's the kind of things that the Vikings coaches, fans, everyone wants to see him do more of. Just, you know, not not wait for the perfect play, not for, wait for someone to get wide open because that's just not going to happen in the NFL. And you just got to take chances. Who cares if you give, you know, get the interception or whatever, just, you know, take a chance. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson have proved so many times in the past that if you just give them a shot, they're probably just going to go up and, and get the ball no matter what. So, yeah, I did I did like the offensive line play um, for sure. They, obviously, they played a part in Dalvin Cook, who's my other, another one of my positives. Um I think he rushed for what 140 yards uh, today. Uh, let's see. Yep, 140 yards on 29 carries. He had that one touchdown. 
Um, so yeah, he he's back. I, he said I th- I saw after the game that he said um, he wasn't a hundred percent today, which is not surprising because he just got hurt recently. I'm sure the bye will will help him uh, get healthier, but he looked he looked a lot better than when he played against the Browns, where it looked like he was playing and he definitely wasn't himself. He definitely looked a lot more like himself today. Would you agree? Yeah, he was definitely more explosive. There are still, and I think he even agreed with this. He's there were a few plays that he kind of left out there where you know maybe if he if he would have been a step ahead, that two point conversion. Yeah, he could have broken all oh, that. Yeah, where he got caught from behind. I mean, that was a great tackle, mm-hmm. but you know, like I, that was something that you don't see happen to Delvin that often. Right. Yeah, so I, I expected him to outrun that, and I, maybe maybe his ankle injury had something to do with that, but. Oh, yeah, like you said, that was a really good play. Do you have any other any more positives from today? There's there's still uh still some out there. Mm, I mean, oh, oh, okay. I got a, I have a good one because okay. this guy was the he was the a topic uh, all last week. But Bashad Breland, uh huh, uh huh. You know he. I didn't see any tweet. I didn't see any tweets after t- today's game. Or I didn't hear. Yeah, about I mean, it. There, he kept it. He kept it pretty. pretty <laughs> No Johnson tweets today. Yeah, even still, it's like um, he had some. It seemed like he was still subtweeting someone. Yep. Maybe people replied to him like, "Oh, why, why aren't you with the Chiefs?" Like, yeah, got he, he had a he had a pick today. To Open the game. That was a good play. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he didn't get. I didn't see him get burned or anything. Maybe oh, he, he he might have had a few missed tackles, but you know. EFF says that he was targeted eight times. Yeah, zero zero receptions, zero yards. So no, that I was, mean. Night that, and day that's going to improve his PFF rating, which apparently keeps getting brought up. From uh, what thirty-one to thirty? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a great first step, but he definitely has a long way to go. It is just one game for him. Yeah, but I, and and he was going against some pretty good receivers and DJ Moore, and uh, I'm it's slipping my mind right now. Robbie Anderson. Yeah, Robbie Anderson. Yep, and yeah. don't don't. Don't forget about Brandon Zilstra, you know, the, the great, great Zilstra from, from Minnesota. Can't forget him. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I didn't have a problem with Breland today. I think this might actually be the first game this year where we didn't have anything negative to say about Breland, and, and that's good. That's why they brought him to the Vikings to be that, you know, other – doesn't necessarily have to be a shutdown corner. Just, you know, don't get burned for touchdowns or don't give up easy touchdowns in the red zone. And, and yeah, he looked fine to me today. I thought that interception was really impressive the way that he just came up with it. Um, you know, we can talk about the other side of the field, which is Patrick Peterson. And he, speaking of shutdown corners, he's looking like a shutdown corner. Like maybe after the first couple games, maybe the Arizona game, he was a little rusty, but he's he's getting, you know, he's getting, uh, he's looking a little bit like the old, old Patrick Peterson over there. Just every ball coming his way. They don't catch it. Yeah, well, it's kind of you know going stride for stride with DJ Moore. Yeah, like one of the most athletic receivers out there. And it looked like his injury was bad, but the Vikings released later that it was it was just cramps. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, that's it yeah, is just hopefully it is just cramps, and he's not you know hurting. He's got the bye week, an extra week to to rest or whatever he, if he needs to. But it looked a lot worse, I I guess, than it was, which is which is a good sign because. If he's not out there, then gets kind of. I feel like gets like 
pretty dicey, but they they seem to hold up pretty well even when he was was gone with Dancer out there and yeah, there's a lot people that Dancer gave up, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you know as as much as you want to see him like do better, it you know it it did hurt a little bit because it's like okay like uh you know against Arizona against um was it the Browns he made some really good plays. I think the Seahawks actually. Well, yeah, Seahawks. Yeah. He made, he's made good plays in, in limited action, and then, you know, he kind of got burnt a little bit this game. But he he also, um, you know, like, I feel like we're always talking about one Vikings cornerback every week on social media. <laughs> but, he, you know, he apologized for, for you know, a bad play, and mm-hmm. you know, it seems like the fans had a, a overall, like, a good reaction for him. And he's young. He's a kid still. He's, like, 22, 23. So he's he's probably confident, and he wants to play. So. And he started a bunch last year, so that probably gave him confidence to like, hey, um, I can start in the NFL, um, even if he wasn't, you know, the greatest. But he still got that confidence, and now, you know, coming in this year, they ask him to play special teams and stuff, and he's like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, if if you know, Mackenzie Alexander, I think looked pretty good too as well. Um, he's been pretty solid. I feel like the, the whole season we haven't really talked a whole lot about him or, or heard anything all over the place today though I yeah thought. yeah and yeah he's just been solid all around i think we have to mention adam thielen oh yeah he's been uh he got it he got like four he had like four touchdowns in his first three games but the last couple of weeks he's only had like two or three catches game and it's like are we like are we seeing the end uh of adam thielen is he has he hit his peak is he is this it? Uh, but then he comes out today and has 11 catches, 126 yards, one touchdown. That really good touchdown uh, in the corner there. Chris oh, yeah. Carter-esque. Um, so do you uh, – what, what What do you think about Thielen? Is, is – what – why does he play like – why? how is he able to play like this today after not, you know, having so many targets the last couple of weeks? Like what do you – do you think that defenses were just – trying to shut him down more the last couple of weeks or or was it just was he hurt like what do you think or just maybe just scheming i guess i think it's i think it's a little bit of everything yeah um, you know i think him and justin jefferson get a lot of attention in coverage yeah but uh yeah i mean for for him to not even see a target until the final drive of the lions game last mm-hmm. week that is i think that's like a that's a failure on the on Clint Kubiak in the Vikings offense and Kirk, yeah, yeah, true. That's yeah, just, that's supposed that's supposed to be like his favorite. That's supposed to be his guy. Yeah, and he should, and like he's he dealing someone that Kirk will throw. Like if he's covered or double covered, like he will throw Adam Thielen the ball. He did have a drop in the Lions game. I remember where hit him right in the hands and he dropped it. But yeah, he shouldn't have one target in. Uh, the first 58 minutes of the game. And I did hear an interesting theory today. I'm not going to say where it's from, but that we... Oh, wait. What? what? I think you know, you're, you know what I'm going to say? Yeah, their, their absence at practice. Nah, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, uh, you, know, we're, you know, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen this week both pop up on the injury report. Je- Jefferson blows it off in the press conference, says he's fine. And then they're not even on the injury report, you know, on Friday, practice in full. They're fine. They look fine today. 
Didn't look like anything was wrong. So uh, was that a little, uh, hey, uh, throw us the ball or maybe we just won't play? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's a, you know, it probably doesn't escalate that far. But, you know, maybe it is a little wake up call. Like, you know, like not as bad as, you know, skipping practice and having a press conference with a hoodie covering your face saying there's truth to all rumors. But, you know, still expressing your frustrations like, hey, we're like these really good receivers and the offense is playing poorly because you're not throwing us the ball. So throw us the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I am, um, you know, and, and I think that's Adam's very much like a, a team first guy. And, but like, yeah, frankly, it's like the, the offense hasn't been well. Yeah. He knows like he's a veteran. He'll know, you know, what's, what, what he can do to remedy that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, wide receivers want the ball in their hands and, you know, yeah, I think it's. I think it is interesting that Justin Jefferson also, mm-hmm. you know, was maybe like reeled in for this as well. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't know. Just, just like who knows? He's been, he's been getting the ball though. I feel like I, I don't. Maybe not. Maybe, but he might have been frustrated after last week too because he, what he had over a hundred f- yards in the first half receiving, and then in the second half he had like what one or two targets. Yeah, in the yeah. Lions game. So he was probably uh, frustrated with uh, how that went. And then obviously that game was a lot closer than it should have been. All right. Um, real quick before we get to the negatives, I've got just, let's see, CJ Ham had a nice 30-yard run. Uh, probably would have been farther if he could run a 40 faster than 5-2 or whatever he he runs it. Um, let's see. I had oh Chris Herndon made an appearance. Mm-hmm. He had a touchdown. Welcome, welcome to the Vikings, Chris Herndon. So nice, nice to see you after they gave a fourth round pick for you. Um, and then I think I think that's that's it. You know, as far as positives go, Vikings won. Obviously, that's a positive. They're three and three now. I think they're the seventh seed in the NFC. Uh, so if the playoffs ended today, they'd be the seventh seed. Uh, but let's move on to the negatives, which I'll I'll just go with this one. We can go. You can go with anything else. But eleven penalties for ninety-eight yards. You can do that against the Panthers. You cannot do that against a team like the Packers or the Cowboys or the Ravens. All these teams that they're going to play when they come off the bye, you cannot have eleven penalties for ninety-eight yards, especially since eleven of those. Not eleven of those. Four of those resulted in first downs for the Panthers, and a bunch of them came on third down. So it's like you feel like you stop these guys, and then you get a penalty, and then your defense has to stay on the field, and then you know, then they take advantage of it. And a team that's not the Panthers is going to take advantage of those situations if you give them more opportunities. Aaron Aaron Rodgers would eat that up. You know, if, if he saw a penalty. Especially Aaron Rodgers, he'd just chuck it down the field just just because he knows that he's going to get the ball back. And you know, someone like Sam Darnold is not going to do that. But eleven penalties, way too much. I feel like didn't they have a bunch of penalties in Week One against the Bengals? Um, I think they had like thirteen or something. And but they've been pretty good since then. But today, yeah, it was not good. You can uh, not do. And Ali Udo, I think he had like three or four of them. Yeah, it wasn't his best game, and in front of uh, you know, his hometown. Yeah, hometown nerves, I guess. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, so you can't you can't do that. Um, yeah, but it, it wasn't good. What do you think? 
Yeah, well, I definitely agree with the penalties. Um, I think, you know, the we just we still haven't seen a complete game where I think I think the offense and defense showed up in two separate halves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we still haven't seen like a, a completely dominant performance. So, like closest thing we've had is the Seahawks. Yep. But when you're giving up 41 yard runs to Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. uh, allowing them a 96 yard drive in the final two minutes, they convert two fourth downs. Like you just can't, you're, you're giving Sam Darnold these opportunities, yeah. and giving him way too many chances. Yeah, 96 yard drive. Yeah. You can't, can't be game. doing this in, in our upcoming stretch of games. Yeah. Just given how much tougher the schedule gets. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any other, have any specific negatives um, from today other than the penalties? Mm, no, I mean, Maybe yeah. Some, someone who uses their leg for a living? <laughs> what was that? Someone who uses their leg for a living? Oh, yeah. Greg Joseph. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, well, again, it's like you, you put him in a situation where it, it's it's not – we're not worried about a missed kick when we have a KJ Osborne walk off t- touchdown and everyone's kind of like yeah, right now. Yeah. That it becomes, it becomes an afterthought, but yeah, he missed two kicks today. He's missed two potential game winning opportunities. Mm-hmm. This one, obviously not as costly because we took care of it in overtime. He uh, missed one. Even he missed a short one. He, he made the game winner last week against the lions, but he also missed what? 49 yarder. That was short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was um, I, and Zimmer said that wind was playing a factor. I don't think it. Play, I, th- I think it was it was playing a factor late in the game. So mm-hmm. that would be the last field goal, and then he mentioned that as justification for them not just going. I mean, like it was kind of like a hint, like we weren't going to go for a field goal in overtime if it came. Oh, back. okay. Yeah. Well, which is. That's probably good. I, I don't know if the win had so much to do with it, just him missing the kick. Zimmer was probably like, all right, well, we're not going to depend on him because we already know. As much as he's trying to maybe uh, change the narrative about him and kickers, I feel like he uh, he still has got a little little problem with uh, kickers uh, ruining his, his coaching career, I guess you could say. Uh, but yeah, Greg Joseph, uh, should the Vikings bring in another kicker? Just practice squad, maybe? Something? Is that they got a bye week, so they can they got time to like maybe try some guys out? But is it, do you think there's even anyone out there that could do better? Like, is or is this it? Greg Joseph was that guy last. Yeah, year. I know. Um, you know, I think he's he's definitely like worthy of a starting job from what mm-hmm. I've seen from him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the inconsistencies are frustrating. I don't know if there's a guy out there to be honest, um, but. Yeah. Oh, I trade, I, trade I for about, Justin Tucker, first round pick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, few, yeah, future first rounder. Yeah. yeah, that'd go over real well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I feel like with Zimmer as head coach, it can start to look like it's head games or something. It's like, hey, we yeah. just we want to have an option, and unfortunately, with how many kickers we've seen get the yips with Zimmer, you can't mm. just do that. You can't you can't just do that in a franchise that's you know gone through however many kickers the past five six years. So you're saying if they got if they got Justin Tucker, then he might just become the next victim of of Zimmer's you know 
uh, you know, rage or whatever, I guess. Oh, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I, you know, we have Dan Bailey. Dan, I mean, Dan Bailey had a, a great stretch with the Vikings. But Who's available. Truth. Still available. <laughs> yeah. The, the guys that are available right now are not, I'm just looking them up right now. Not, not guys you want on your, on your team. We got Dan Bailey, Zane Gonzalez, Cody Parkey, Joey Sly, you know, Eddie Pinero, Roberto Aguayo. Yeah, these are not guys that anyone really wants. Um, what? what uh, I just, oh, what I, I was going to say is it could be worse because the Jaguars just made their first field goal of the season this weekend, today. They made their first field goal uh, of the season today. So, how many had they missed? I think they only attempted like four. Okay, but still, your first field goal is in week six. They won on a field goal today, but, but like, <laughs> it's not like not not like they. I, I don't know. It's that's that that's a stat that kind of blew my mind. I heard the other day, and I was like, they haven't kicked a field goal. All, it's been five games, but I guess what can you expect from an Urban Meyer? team you know wants to get the 250 250 uh every week for his team you know 250 rushing yards because that's you know doable in the nfl all right uh negatives i didn't this was early in the game and they had a situation where it was fourth and two and they were on like the seven yard line um the panther seven yard line and i think it was three nothing um and they decided to kick a field goal Instead of go for it, you know, give beat the beat the Panthers down, just just win this game early and, and get out of there. But no, they kicked a field goal from the seven yard line, and then you know that's that's not that's not going to cut it. Like this, it'll be fine against the Panthers. But like we said before with the penalties, that's not going to cut it against teams like the Cowboys and, and the Packers. You can't be. Like, oh, we're going to take the points. No, you need to go for touchdowns every time, especially if it's fourth and two on their seven-yard line. Okay, if you fail, then guess what? They have the ball on their seven-yard line. They have to drive 93 yards. So, and if you're not, you know, Mike Zimmer always feels like or says he's confident in his defense. So what's the problem if they get the ball on the seven-yard line? Like, why why don't you just go for it? And um, I don't know. I think, he, I think Mike Zimmer has to take, a step back in this in this buy. Not that I think he will, but just be like, hey, you know, we need to take more risks and not be so conservative. But this is how he's been his entire tenure. So like asking him to do that in two weeks is probably probably way too much. Um did you have a problem with that as much as I did? Um I mean I think maybe I was because I was watching Fox uh broadcast and yep. The way, the way the game was shaping up and the way I had anticipated it, I thought it'd be a low scoring game. Yep. And so I very much just, Hey, take, take the points, however they come. Yep. Sure. Um, but you know, as, as the game wore on, uh, the Panthers get that fumble return touchdown. Mm-hmm. Suddenly we have our back against the wall and the offense. Oh, block punt. Form again. Oh, block punt. Black punt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, the offense found its form. And yeah. it turned very much into, um, you know, more so a, a, like the Bengals game instead mm-hmm. of instead of uh, the Browns. Yeah. And 
I think I think it's we're we're starting like as much as the Vikings identity has been kind of fleeting this year, like what kind of team are we? How are we gonna beat teams? Mm-hmm. We're starting to see some like some trends here. And you know, I think we're we're one drive from this being also a defensively dominant game as mm-hmm. well as today. Yeah, you stop them on that fourth down. It's what twenty eight uh was it twenty eight twenty at that point? Uh, uh yeah. Or were they yeah, still up? We would, have, would have, you know, we had a good chance of scoring. Yeah, and they were what on the yeah they're on like their four yard line. You could have knocked in another three points um, if you didn't run the clock out, which I'm sure Zimmer would have probably just wanted to do that anyways. <laughs> yeah, four four runs, take them all outside. Lost for one, lost yes. for two. You mentioned the Fox broadcast. I don't think there is any color commentator that I cannot stand any more than Jonathan Vilma, mm-hmm. like. He maybe it's because he was on the Saints during the whole Bounty Gate thing. And I just have this grudge against him because of how he everything happened to the Vikings. But every time he speaks, I feel like one, he's always wrong about everything. Like he he's never he gets names wrong. He's wrong about guys like oh this watch out for the the bootleg and and they run the ball. Um, he like tries to be like Tony Romo and like call plays and they're never even close. Or he's like saying how like stuff about alexander madison and how he's not explosive and it's like what are you talking about like i just i really i wanted to mute the the game like probably five minutes in the first quarter yeah i'm not alone because i had a lot of head scratching moments throughout that broadcast yeah and and this was the case last year i remember last year vilma doing a couple games and and him Calling like Kirk Cousins like a linebacker trapped in a quarterback's body or something like that, and I'm just like, what are you talking about, man? Like, ah, uh, the Saints thing probably has a lot to do with it. Just him, just being on the Saints and and him, you know, just that whole thing. But yeah, I, you know, who I'd rather listen to Mark Sanchez. He, he I, did the Vikings. He did the I, Vikings game a couple weeks ago. He was great. Yeah. He uh. Yeah, he was fantastic. Honestly, I didn't I didn't realize how much of a Mark Sanchez fan. Which you know, he was. I think it kind of goes hand in hand with he was definitely really like he was kind of flowering up the Vikings a lot. He was he was yeah. just giving Kirk all the confidence. <laughs> yeah. well, what do you, what do you say? Where's his 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 trousers or whatever up to his his <laughs> navel or something like that? Yeah. Um. But yeah, at least he has a little little comedy or whatever into it and. Uh, um, but yeah, I was watching the Cardinals game to do today because they were playing the the Browns after the Vikings, and Sanchez was doing that game. And I'm like, I think I like Mark Sanchez as a commentator. Like, he he was a quarterback, so, and you know what? He was pretty decent. Like, he went to two AFC Championship games. You know, he's not Peyton Manning or whatever, but he's been to the near the top of where you can go in your football career. So he knows pretty much what he's talking about. And he was at the top when he was at USC. Um, so he's, I I will listen to him over Jonathan Vilma any day. Uh, I just, yeah, Vilma, it's just, I don't, I, if I see him on, like he's going to be the commentator for a Vikings game in the future, I'm, pr- I'm probably going to mute it just because I just, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> what's your, what's, what's like your ideal broadcast? Do you like the, what, like the Sunday night team or, or is there a Fox team that you like, or CBS? I guess. Mm, I don't. I don't have a ton of preference. Uh, 
I tend, I actually do tend to watch games like muted pretty frequently. Because yeah. I will usually I'll have like a, like a couple of like I'll have mm-hmm. I'll have the real time and then I'll have a stream with it like you know a a play or two beforehand. Oh, okay. okay. So then I can I can watch a play again and you oh. know, having, having both those audio feeds going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So you know, I don't, I don't pay a ton of attention to to the broadcasters, but um, you know, I, I tried. I've, I've done it a few times where I'll just have PA on my yeah, I'll have K fan. I was going to ask you if you did if you're one of the people that did that, like sync up the the radio broadcast. It's a little bit off, you know. It's not ideal, but I've done that a few times. He also um, just talks a lot. Yeah, PA, like. <laughs> You can tell that he calls horse races because he talks about pretty much every single detail. Like that's on like the the grass is four inches long today, uh, and you know the wind is flowing southwest. It's like I don't think we need to know this, but um, whatever you know you need to do to fill airtime. It's the poetry, man. I uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, other negatives: we talk about the block punt. I think letting the Panthers come back down eleven points that's uh, not good, uh, especially when they were playing terrible uh through the whole game i think that probably has something to do with the way the vikings defense was playing in the fourth quarter you know probably prevent a little more and then just trying not to give up the big play which didn't end up working out anyways when you give up that long scramble to sam darnold which Mm -hmm. still is hilarious to say he gave up a 40 yard run to sam darnold (laughs) hurts like I mean, and we're not the only people, like, we're not the only teams this happened to. You know, there's more quarterbacks are doing yeah. that, yeah. doing that, but... Daniel Jones? Yeah, just just hurt. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just feel bad every single time Daniel Jones falls and, like... Uh, yeah. well, last week was bad when he had that concussion. He was just got up all woozy and dizzy. That was kind of scary, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't think I had any really other negatives that I can think of uh, right now. I'm I am a big fan of the all white uniforms and I do think that those those should be the permanent away uniforms. I've had enough of the purple pants. I don't need those anymore in my life. I am I'm ready to go back to all white. They've they had all white for quite a while, I feel like in the 90s and 2000s and even when they switched uniforms, I feel like they had all white pants as well. It wasn't until they got their new uniforms in 20 what 13 Mm-hmm. where they went back to the purple pants and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I was like, nah, I'm good. Like, it's just a clean look, just all white. Yeah. yeah I didn't, uh, I mean, I saw some photos, but yeah, it, it did look really good. Yeah. Really. Um, I like, um, I don't know if all 53 plus guys on the sidelines um, get to have like, it's not like embroidery, but it's like, kind of like beveled like designs into their thigh pads oh yeah yeah so, yeah like justin jefferson yep. has jj and yep. then like plain on the other one yeah like, kyler kyler murray has uh like bruce lee on his or whatever yeah that's that's so cool like it's so it's so weird like those things you don't even think of like that you're like oh wow yeah you can do that like you know just like all like do they do this for all 53 guys so like yeah i i don't i i don't think so i'm sure somebody hooked up jefferson with uh with those so they could he could be like oh i got these from so and so and then somebody else would get them Mm -hmm. but yeah you know they got the the custom cleats and everything although i feel like ever since Diggs left we don't really pay attention to 
a whole lot to the the custom cleats because he was he was pretty much the the custom cleats guy. I feel like Thielen every now and then he'll probably he'll get some, but yeah, Madison's got a pretty good collection. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. well, he does it for um, uh, it's not the American Cancer Society, but his his dad uh, his dad you know battled through cancer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He I think he does like at least two pairs a year uh, for that cause. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it really is just Adam Thielen, uh, Kyle Rudolph, you know, he, yeah, he, used he to had do a, a mentality cleats that were super yep. cool. Yeah. He had the, but, he had the Christmas ones with the Rudolph on him. But yeah, I feel like, you know, it's not, um, I, I feel like it's, it's just as much the, the player in the cleats as, as the cleats themselves. Oh yeah. 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 Cause you, cause Odell used to do it too. And then, uh, he stopped after he hasn't been playing too well. So he's probably like, I don't really need to get custom cleats because I'm not that good anymore. No, Odell's really good. I was thinking today, if Thielen didn't play good, I was going to throw out the idea of, uh, what do people think about uh, trading Odell for Adam Thielen? And uh, then Thielen went off today, and I was like, we don't need to do that anymore. How many years has that trade idea been started? Yeah, really? Well, I look at it because Odell and Baker, not... They don't have the greatest chemistry. It's pretty cl- pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. And then Thielen was a Stefanski, you know, Stefanski knows him really well. I'm sure Baker would love to throw him the ball. Um, and then Odell, you know, the Jefferson thing, them both going to LSU. And um, I feel like Kirk Cousins could probably get Odell the ball better, a lot better than Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not really hard for anyone to do. But yeah, after today, I was like, Nah, I don't think so. Definitely, I wouldn't want it to be a one-to-one trade. I think Adam Thielen is. You think he's worth more? Yeah, I think he's. I, I think he's more proven. But obviously, he's older though. Yeah, age age plays a factor. But then again, like Odell also, just came off for of what ACL. Like Adam Thielen's been by far like the healthier player. Yeah, he, yeah. Proved last year, like he can. I don't know. He was on the injury report this week. What was that? <laughs> he was on the injury report this week, though. Right. <laughs> Whether he was injured or not, yeah, I don't. I would. I think it would. It yeah. couldn't be a one-to-one trade for me. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it would have been a one-to-one. But I. Yeah, I'm curious to see like who would have more value in the trade because you look at. I think teams. I think teams actually might think Odell is worth more just because he was in maybe the public eye a little more being in New York there and people still remember him like his rookie season more than than anything and think that he can do that again, which he can. Um, but I think of like him being on a team, like if you imagine, uh, I don't know, him being on like the Chiefs, which seems totally unfair, um, or like the Chargers, put him on the Chargers, mm-hmm. like Justin Herbert. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stir any pots with that mm-hmm. Vikings fans. You don't have to worry about that. Not this week, at least. Maybe uh, when we get closer to the trade deadline and things are looking different. Maybe the Vikings are three and five or something. And it's time to the, the Vikings are, uh, the Vikings have a better chance of going to London and <laughs> Adam Thielen has a chance of leaving Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. The, that's what it would have to take. Like, well, like, what about last year? Wasn't he like in, wasn't he in a bunch of trade rumors? Like to, I feel like the Ravens were trying to see if they get him over. Maybe they took calls, but I didn't, I don't remember. They were what, one in five. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah. you're right. He's he's the he's the golden boy. He's he's unless he requests a trade or requests 
request a release. And I don't think uh, I agree with you. He's probably not going anywhere. Just like Harrison Smith. He's not. He's a lifer. Everson Griffin should have been. He's back. He, he realized he should have never left. And he's back. Playing great, by the way. Yeah. But uh, that's all I got for today. We, we've been going for a little while here. So uh, where can people follow you on Twitter, Trevor? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Trevor, T-R-E-V-O-R, D as in David, Squire, S-Q-U-I-R-E. Um, you can also find all of, uh, all of my stories at heavy.com or the heavy on Vikings, uh, Facebook group. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, and we're kind of getting a Twitter following launch there too. So, you know, heavy on Vikings, you'll, you'll find it on most platforms. There you go. Check that out. Uh, make sure to check out this podcast on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. But until next time, we will talk to you later.